Yo! Welcome back to another edition of the Cruising Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cruz, and today is technically February 2nd, okay, because you're going to be getting this in February 2nd, but uh, I wanted to start this on February 1st. Um, look, all right, don't judge me, all right? Happy Black History Month to all my black people, all my mulatto people, and also all other cultures. Welcome to the history of our of my culture, um, you know. Most of my culture, I think, uh, we uh, still trying to uh, jury still out. Um, but uh, um, welcome. Hopefully, you guys um, learn something. Look, man, I-, I would just like to say this before I start anything: that if I talk about black culture, I want you to learn about my culture. I, just like I would love to learn about everybody else's cultures through the lens of a person living out that culture, not just me reading a book or looking at a website or anything like that. Well, look, man. I watched anime, which is a Japanese animation, you know, so I learned a lot about Japanese culture through anime and also um, through, you know, websites and stuff like that. Now I want to start meeting Japanese people. That would, that would be great. I would love to sit down with a Japanese person and ask them, you know, is it cultural, cultural appropriation that I love your, uh, that I love your, the genre so much. Okay. Don't, don't judge me. All right, I'm allowed. Now I'm I'm not allowed to be judged. Hey, it's Black History Month. I'm not allowed to be judged. So whatever. All right, you judge me, you're racist. Okay, you're welcome. No, um, but seriously, um, Happy Black History Month. Hopefully, seriously, that people do go out and learn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I plan on going to like some of the museums around here. We have a big museum district, um, especially um, and for Black History. To tell y'all the truth, there's a um. I went there a long time ago, but I went to the Buffalo Soldier Museum. Also, there's a um, African American, I think, African American History Library, something like that. Sorry, I took a um, um, intro. No, I took it. Yeah, it took an intro into Black History, so that's how I know about some of the museums around here. And uh, yeah, man, I, I just you know I, I'm enthralled by my own culture. I, I love history. And this is definitely one of the biggest things, you know, about me. So I I have to learn about where my ancestors came from and what my ancestors been through. And I feel like if everybody just shown the empathy, I think that this world would be such a better place, like to learn, like, like if you just had the, the, the wherewithal to just go and learn this, you know, it, it'd be awesome. But you know, it is, you know, it, you you asking people to do something and you know they're gonna do their own thing they're gonna have their own opinion and that that's fine whatever all right so first of all where you can find the cruising podcast is on apple podcast spotify patreon youtube and anywhere else you can find your podcast needs that's where you can find the cruising podcast also you can find the latest updates of the show is on instagram at cruising podcast also on twitter or at nice town Finest. Oh my goodness, I did that perfectly finally. Again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, the past couple episodes have been very, very rough. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I could not say those to save my life. Okay. So don't judge me. You know, don't judge me from today. Judge me from my whole legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like that, you know, I whatever. <laughs> All right. So my first black history um event or person i'm on each day will be either a event or a person i want to try to stay i'm going to try to steer clear of the negative stuff i'm trying to find the most positive things for black history month for sure because i feel like you know 
we keep seeing it and I think people think that we're looking for guilt and really it's just, you know, showing a mirror to what happened. You know, it, it's history. It happened. But I would like to dive into more positive stuff. And so hopefully you guys uh, will enjoy some of the things, some of the people and events that I can, you know, bring to you. So the first one is my favorite poet of all time. I know people are like, what? <laughs> you have a favorite poet? Yes, I have a favorite poet. All right. But at, at one point in life, I used to read books a lot. Okay. And um, before I start this, I just would like to say the reason why I know about this poet and why he became my favorite poet. Hey, hey my brother probably will not remember this. I, I don't know which one was uh, studying this. I think it was my eldest, but he was studying, not studying. I think he was writing a report on this poet. And I'm sitting here reading it as a kid because, you know, I can't be, I, I'm a newsy. I'm a, look, listen, I was a newsy little child. Okay. Don't, 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 you know, that's just the way it is. All right. I was newsy. I had to know what was going on and I did. Okay. So I saw that he was doing a project on Langston Hughes. Um, actually, I think it was a black history project or just a project in general, but, um, he was studying about Langston Hughes and what was weird is, is that I started reading the textbook that he had, that he had. And I think he had a few books on Langston Hughes, especially like some biographies or something like that. And, you know, he was writing a, writing a report about him, which is normal, very normal in uh, high school. And I was just, I was enthralled. I'm not going to lie. I, I was reading through it. And I read some of the poems. I'm just like, even as a kid, I'm just like, wow, these are beautifully written. These are so beautiful. And also at the same time you know i don't know better you know i don't know what he means from some of the things some some of the stuff still as a 33 year old man i still don't understand it but the words that he put together were amazing and i became a huge fan of his so langston hughes in full is james mercer langston hughes he was born february 1st 2000 i mean <laughs> am i doing he was born february 1st 1902 there's a question mark on it because listen he was born in joplin missouri missouri if i remember correctly i might be wrong i actually am pretty sure i'm right missouri was uh fought for the south in uh world war and and oh my gosh i'm sorry guys it's like 12 o'clock all right my fault but in in the civil war which was considered the South. So just letting everybody know, records of blacks in the South are very skewed. So we, you know, some people we just don't know about. That's why it's so hard for us to do our ancestry because records somehow got lost in the wind. So just letting you guys know. So there is a question mark if uh, 1902 question mark. And then uh, he died May 22nd. 1967 in new york new york which um makes sense well not makes sense it, it makes sense that he was in new york um dang, um it makes sense he was in new york because he was a part of this thing called the harlem renaissance which was a pretty much an explosion of black art and poems and songwriting and like art like i said like drawings and and paintings and things like this a lot of people have came came through the Harlem Renaissance and started a new era and especially like jazz vaudeville stuff like that. And Hillingston Hughes was a part of this and, uh, he wrote poems, beautiful poems. 
Um, one of my favorites is Harlem. I'm actually going to read Harlem for you guys right now. This is Harlem. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or does it fester like a sore? And the and then run. Does it sink like... Does this, Oh my gosh. Does it stink like rotten meat? Or cress and sugar over? Like syrupy sweet? Maybe it's just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? What happens to a dream deferred, right? That's awesome, yo. Like, listen to those. I, I know I effed up some of those words. I'm going to try not to curse throughout the Black History uh, portion of this. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do our best. Um, look, man. There And also, you know, I, I'm going to put it in the bio. I mean, in the, in the descriptions, there's going to be um, links to where you can find more about where you can find out more about Langston Hughes. He wrote amazing poems like this all the time. Hold on. Let me try to find some more. Uh, I got some more for you. Yes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because my favorite, the one, okay. The one we learned in school more than anything else is Negro Speaks a River. Hold on. Because I know it's somewhere. Hold on. Uh, Yeah, that's not enough. See, they only shown his popular poems. Uh, Let me see. Because I, yo, I learned this. Negro speaks of rivers. Yep. Negro speaks of rivers. Uh, you know what's weird is that we continue to learn these. Like we we this this is something I learned in school. Like that this is like the one this is the only poem that they actually had. Well um Harlem was sometimes, but look, Negro Speaks of Rivers night. You can't even find that, John. There we go. Alright, so this is Negro Speaks of Rivers. This this is it, it, it's if you listen to it, it's sad. Oh, actually, before I start this one, so dry up like a raisin in the sun. I just want to let everybody know that turned into a play, um, in the in the seventies, and also became a movie, um, with Sidney Poitier as the lead in the movie called Raisin in the Sun. There is a movie called that. Yes, it is based off of. Uh, Langston Hughes's um, poem in Har- of Har- in Harlem. That's crazy, right? They used that. That one little line became a very popular movie at, at this time. Of one of the greatest actors to ever live, which is Sidney Poitier. Like, let's be real. Sidney Poitier was man. All right, so I'm just let- letting you guys know, like that. That is that's how powerful. Langston Hughes' words was like they made plays of it. Like I think he also has a screenplay that was called Mulatto. Now, if you've seen pictures of Langston Hughes, he's a very light-skinned fellow. Okay, so that's probably why it was called that. But um, but this is Negro Speaks of Rivers. Now I'm gonna let you guys know it's a little powerful. All right. Now once again, this is the 1940s to 60s. You know what I'm saying? So racism was at a fever pitch and very outwardly. <laughs> okay, so all right. I'm I've known rivers. I've known ri- rivers ancient as the world and older than the flow of human blood and human veins. My soul has grown deep like river like the rivers. I bathed in the Euphrates when dawns were young. I built my hut near the Congo. It lulled me to sleep. 
I looked upon the Nile and it raised the pyramids above. I heard the singing of the Mississippi when Abraham Lincoln went to New Orleans and I've seen its muddy bosom turn all golden in the sunset. I've known rivers, ancient dusty rivers. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. We used to have to read we used to have to read that and like dissect the really not even that. I'm, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I went to a southern school, uh, so if there was any type of Black history um thing, if there's anything about Black history or most of that, like they kind of glossed over it. So you don't get to learn about your own history. You know what I'm saying? We got to learn about the notes of Virginia from Thomas Jefferson, even though they left out quite of uh a nice paragraph about black people. And if you guys want to read the original notes of Virginia, you'll understand why I'm saying this. Okay. But Langston Hughes was, like I said, one of the forefronts of the, um, of the Harlem Renaissance, um, talking about the African-American experience, especially at that time. Um, like I always say, man, I, I, I just, I, that's amazing. Dog. Like, I, I, wow. Do actually, all right, here we go. He wrote that poem the summer after his graduation from high school. So, like, he's 19 years old, and he wrote that poem, The Negro Speaks the Rivers. He wrote that at 19. What did you do at 19? I did nothing. <laughs> and then what's, cra- what's even cooler is that as a black man, do you understand how hard it is to attend an Ivy League college? He went to Columbia in 1921 to 22. Once again, Columbia's in New York City is a Ivy League college as a black man. Okay, I know you guys are like, oh, he's light skinned. No, it doesn't matter. Okay, all right. When you when you get stopped by the uh by by the cops, what are you? All right. So, but you know, he's also I think he has another one called Dreams. He has another great poem called Dreams. He always seemed like I'm going to tell you the truth about our experience, but. I'm also going to give you guys this hope. Like, I want hope for you, you know, and I want you to read about the hope of the black man. I want you to read about the hope of our culture and our movement, which is the Harlem Renaissance. This was, once again, a renaissance is a moving forward. That's all. That's what it is. Renaissance is actually a rebirth into moving forward, into getting, becoming better. You know, a better understanding, a more positive, more like a positive future for us. So what was great about these, about people like him, man, they just, they, 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 they did everything possible to bring us hope, to have us be dreamers. Like about this, what does J. Cole call his people, we'll call it, call them. What, what are J. Cole's peoples? They're dreamers. What is Meek Mill, Dream Chasers. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is big, man. And he always talked, and most of his poems are about dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's a dream? Something that you can control. You know, you can control a dream. You know, so it's in your control if you want to go and get everything you want in this life. You just got to decide, man. You got to become a dreamer. You got to be... For for what I get from his poems is that like 
a dreamer has an imagination like no other. And if you have a dream, that means that you have a purpose. That is your purpose is to achieve that dream and then dream another dream. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to, as people start to do that. You got something that you want bad? Go after it. Have the imagination. Have the no, like, I know it's a scary thought, but have no fear to go after it. You know what I'm saying? And I I definitely, and this is, I definitely see most of his, his, uh, his, 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 his works as being telling me this. It, like, like most of the works that I love of his are very positive, you know, are, you know, they are also speaking of the black experience. Like I always say, especially in this time. And, uh, it's crazy, man. That's Stewart. So I'm going to put like where y'all can get his, um, his biographies and stuff like that for Britannica. I just wanted to talk. I just wanted to shine a little light on, uh, on him. I think he has, where's that? Weary blues. I think that's a book. Man, it's just, it's amazing, man. Uh, I, I definitely um, advise anybody to go in, like, the poems that I've given you guys, that I've read to you guys, that I fumbled through a little bit. <laughs> Please don't judge me. All right, all right. Look, I'm better, I promise. But, um, but seriously, like, go check it out. I will have the links in the bio where, I'm um, the link in the bio where you can find most of his poems. Um, also, you know, go look them up yourself because I'm not doing all the work for you. Now I'm playing. Um, but no, seriously, go check out everything, man. Like everything about them, you know, every poem about them. I, I, this is my short little slit. This is my short little thing for you, man. Cause it's so much. So he's written. So he has so many works at this time. And this is the 1920s, you know, this, <laughs> The 1920s uh, were very, the roaring 20s were amazing. <laughs> Apparently, they were cool times, not for blacks. But, you know, that's when we had the Cotton Club and Vaudeville and things like that. So, you know, I, hey, I, 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 like I said, man, if you guys get a chance, check out Links in Use, all right? Because that, that will definitely help you um, just maybe even shape your dreams, especially my black brethren and 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 later lady trend late ladies black brothers and ladies brothers and sisters please go check it out all right so now we're going to review uh we're reviewing the last of us i think i did episode two last week i'm pretty sure i talked about episode two last week i did okay so episode three we're going to do this uh we get nick offerman mostly the episode is about nick offerman um uh, Bill and Frank, who somehow found love in the uh, in this third episode. I'm just, oh, by the way, this is gonna be spoilers. My fault. Bill and Frank. Um, uh, yeah, they showed an LGBTQ plus um, episode. Um, look, man, I know some of us get a little uncomfortable with some things. That that's you know that's your life. All right, they, they did make a fast forward button if that's the case. But overall, this episode was amazing it was beautifully shot it was beautifully told you know what i'm saying like this this recluse dude that literally took over his own town my man's took over his own town 
It took him two years to build walls and have his own security from this zombie apocalypse that's going on. And he found his his future love of his life um, who fell through um, one of his traps. <laughs> Thank goodness it wasn't one of his deadly traps. <laughs> this dude, like, like, he was one of those survivalist people. That's what he calls himself. He calls himself a survivalist, not a prepper. They, they, he did not want to be called a prepper. He wanted to be called a survivalist. Okay, show some respect. But um, overall, episode was beautiful, man. It, it was so, it was great. All right, I, I, I truthfully enjoyed every second of it. Well, uh, maybe not every second, but uh, most of the seconds. All right, let's, all right, let's, let's, yeah. All right, okay. All right, didn't yeah, all right. just let me know, guys know. All right, but um, but now seriously, like Nick Offerman playing like a non-comedic role, and just fucking killed it. Okay, he he killed his role today. He killed his role on that on this episode. Like they, oh man, I felt like Nick Offerman played Nick Offerman. That's not I don't know his sexual orientation, but I hear story. I hear that he's a prepper. <laughs> like he really just did what he would do in real life. <laughs> so I like on the real, I would just have to say, man, this was such a beautifully shot story. This was it was cool how it kind of leads into um sorry it leads into Joel and Ellie getting a um getting a car because that's what they needed. You know, he's trying to get to um get to the fireflies. You know, and this is probably the quickest way to do it, hopefully. Um, but I like I said, guys, like I would definitely check out The Last of Us. I think this is the most this is definitely the best video game adaptation probably of all time. Like I'm going to continue to say this. It's the it's the best. It's the greatest of all time. Like there's no other goat for this. And um, I hope you guys definitely go and check it out. It's on HBO Max. Um, Pedro Pascal is murdering it, um, in his role. You know, I'm just, you know, dude, dude just knows what he's doing, man. He, he's, he's a great actor. Oh my goodness. Like the only thing that they really straight, they, they strayed away from the, um, the, the story. I mean, from the video game is that you, we never see Frank alive. Frank is never alive in the, in the game. He's actually was killed by the infection, just like they changed Tess. Tess was supposed to get killed by the uh, the federal people, and she was killed getting infected. And uh, and yeah, yo man, those tentrals though, them stepping on those fucking tentrals. Oh my gosh, yo, that's a whole new like zombie thing. That is so cool. Like they found a way to like a, a oversaturated genre that it is which is the like a, it, there's a lot of zombie content let's be real but for an oversaturation they oversaturated genre they figured out a new way to do it you know like i i am i applaud them with this um i never got to play the video games i like i said i want to go i, I want to go watch these i want to watch the episodes first before i taint myself with the video game. I don't want to be tainted with the video game. I just want to make sure that like I get the whole story from HBO first. Because HBO, man, yo, can we be real? HBO doesn't really miss. 
Like, how many times have they really missed on, like, big blockbuster events? Which, probably the only one is, like, the last season of Game of Thrones for most people. I enjoyed it myself. I thought the last episode was ass, but that was pretty much it. But, um, overall, like, you can go to HBO's past and just be like, yo, these are some of the greatest televisions of all time. This is some of the greatest television of all time. Just like, what is it? I got True Blood. We got Game of Thrones. We got The Wire. We got Oz. We got all the. Now we have Last of Us. And who, it, it would take HBO to make one of the best video game adaptations of all time. I'm going to put, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold this. Okay, there we go. Maybe this will be better. Yes, this is way better. Okay, so yeah, it would take HBO being, you know, that that streaming network to uh make a video game so uh, so next they gotta make a, a uh, anime adaptation live action work i think they got it i think we we're here now okay hbo you can take the reins if you want um you know they already fucked up bleach um they already kind of fucked up uh cowboy bebop which is the the creator of cowboy bebop said i'm not upset that it got canceled on netflix because that was not cowboy bebop that is not the show that i developed that i created i'm sorry man i would just like to say it's very hard to repeat a great anime in live action especially a space anime like that one hey, hey by the way they're doing a live action tokyo revengers and i'm just saying it right now oh boy from um there's two people from alice in borderland oh boy that was like doing all the uh challenges that was wearing the uh white sweatsuit i forget his name i'm not gonna lie to you i like it's been that long since i watched it watched it and it's you know whatever don't don't judge me the one with the hair he got the long hair and he did all the um he did the uh the prison challenge the one they were they were in the prison that guy he's supposed to be in the show so I'm very excited to see this, man. I, I think he, he, yo, he was a really good actor. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm very, very excited to see Tokyo Revengers. But, um, my last little bit on, uh, Last of Us, I have not watched the, you know, the episode four preview or anything like that. I refuse to. I want to be surprised. I like being surprised. Okay, who doesn't like surprises? All right, that, that's why I try to make sure that you guys don't get too spoiled from what I'm saying. But, um. Yeah, man. I, I like I said, I I loved every second of of uh, I'm liking every almost every second of Last of Us. I think they have done a fantastic job. Like I said, this is the greatest video game adaptation, which is not very fucking hard. And uh, they really just they did their thing. They did the thing. They did the thing with this bad boy. They did the thing with this bad boy. But yeah, uh, I cannot wait for next. I uh, cannot wait for Sunday. Yo, these are some long ass episodes though. An hour and fifteen minutes. To yo on the real, I think that was the smartest thing they could have did. If you were gonna make pretty much a love story, uh, between you know this this love story, why not make it movie length? Yes, it makes sense. I I think it makes sense. You know, now you can tell the whole story. You have time to tell the whole story, and you have time to flesh out the story. And here we go. I think this was amazing. I, I, I really do. I, I truthfully, like, I know you keep saying this, but I really enjoy this show. Um, um, I wanted to do... <sighs> what else we got, man? I, I had something else from the other day. 
Um, already did the bite. Oh yeah, I did all that yesterday. Um, look, we're this is what we're gonna do. So we're gonna keep this to um, Langston Hughes and The Last of Us review, and we're gonna go to tomorrow. This is gonna happen. We're gonna have our Black History ten minutes, uh, even though I think the Langston Hughes one went a little longer. Uh, but uh, well, about ten fifteen minutes, we're gonna talk about Black History a little bit, and then we're gonna have uh, Tokyo Revengers review, and also records of Ragnarok so far. Um, and also Tokyo Revengers so far, of course, but, uh, definitely, um, and then, like I said, Friday, we're going to do a You People review, so you guys got a whole week to watch You People before I start, um, spoiling all that, okay, you're welcome, you're welcome, yeah, I know you guys are like, you, yeah, thank you, Andrew, like, you're welcome, um, for sure. Um, so with that, I would like to say where you can find the cruising podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Patreon, YouTube, and anywhere else you can find your podcast needs. That's where you can find the cruising podcast. Also, you can find the latest updates of the show is on Instagram at cruising podcast. It's on Twitter at nice town. Finest. Hey, and, uh, like I said, all the information about Langston Hughes will be, um, put down on the, um, in the episode description uh so you can you know click onto the website and then you know do your thing baby so with that i want to say i love all of you hopefully everybody's being safe out there don't do anything i wouldn't do and i'll catch you guys later deuces